Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, Then Elohim spoke all these words, I am Yahweh your Elohim who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other Elohim or other gods besides me. And we go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 9 say this, Listen, Israel, Yahweh our Elohim, Yahweh is one. Love Yahweh your Elohim with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead, write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. May Yahweh bless His Word to our hearts today. Today we're going to begin a study through the Ten Commandments and looking at each of them in light of one, our failure to keep the Ten Commandments and two, the requirement to live by the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are not the only ten laws in the Bible. If you are reading them as exhaustive details about how to live, then you are reading them incorrectly. They are each summaries of broader law or categories of law. They're similar to how Yeshua spoke of two commandments in Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. Has anybody else ever had someone tell them, or maybe you've heard a preacher say, that Jesus only gave two commandments under the New Testament. seems that it's a pretty keen belief in the Jehovah's Witness organization because every time that I get into a discussion with a Jehovah's Witness about the law of Yahweh, they say, well, we know that the law existed back then in the old Bible, but now the Lord has given us only two commandments to live by. That is a very bad misunderstanding because Yeshua was not saying that Yahweh only gave two commandments or that now in His ministry that there's only two commandments. What He was saying was that every commandment in the law can be summarized by the two greatest commandments. Love Yahweh. That's a vertical relationship between you and the Heavenly Father. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's a horizontal relationship between you and your fellow man. Those are summaries of the entire law. And I believe that we can summarize the entire law with one commandment, the one we're going to talk about today, where Yahweh says, do not have other mighty ones besides me or before me. So the Ten Commandments are more detailed, yes, than the two that Yeshua spoke of, but the Ten Commandments are like the two in this respect. They are summaries of the entire law. Each of the Ten Commandments contains within it a wealth of information. So don't read the Ten Commandments as exhaustive details. Read them as summaries up under which comes many different commandments, laws, statutes, ordinances in the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses. So the first commandment, which we read moments ago, is not just the first in order of the ten. It is also the first or the primary commandment in rank. The word first in the Bible is used in both senses. First in order, first in rank, And the first commandment, when you think of it, think of it as both. 
first order and also the primary commandment. This commandment encompasses everything in Yahweh's law. Yahweh says, do not have other gods besides me. That's the HCSB. Or, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's the King James Version. Some people read the words before me here and they conclude that other mighty ones do exist, but none of them are as high in rank as Yahweh. Other people, other theologians, read the words as Yahweh saying, do not have other mighty ones before my face or in front of me in my presence. And they would say that other mighty ones do not exist. I believe that the Scripture teaches that Yahweh is the Almighty, but that there does exist other mighty ones in both the spirit realm and the fleshly realm. Now this does not mean that any of the other mighty ones are equivalent with Yahweh in power, knowledge, and ability. He is the Almighty, but nonetheless, I do believe that other mighty ones exist. For example, in Exodus 15, verse 11, the Bible says, Yahweh... Who is like you among the gods, among the Elohim? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, revered with praises, performing wonders? I don't think that the question being asked here is, Yahweh, who is like you among the idols? Or Yahweh, who is like you among the non-existing deities? I don't think that's the question being asked. I think the question is, who among all the mighty ones of heaven and earth can be compared to you? Who is like you? Psalm 86 verse 8 says this, Lord, there is no one like You among the gods. And Psalm 136 verse 2 says that Yahweh is the God of gods or the Elohim of Elohim in Hebrew. So He's first place. He's highest in rank. And the commandment says we are not to have any mighty ones before Him. There exist other mighty ones or we might say other authorities in heaven and earth but none of them can be compared to Yahweh. Amen. He is species unique. He is first. None have the authority that Yahweh has. None are able to make laws above or below or beyond what Yahweh has commanded. All authorities are subservient or subordinate to Yahweh. This is why you see a theme in the law of Yahweh whereby laws begin or end with this statement. I am Yahweh your Elohim. Then he lists laws. When he finishes, he says it again. I am Yahweh your Elohim. You'll find that over 30 times in the Old Testament when Yahweh is giving authoritative declaration. What he's declaring is this. Because I am the Mighty One, I am the Almighty, Yahweh says, your unique and sole authority, all other authorities in heaven and earth have to bow to me. No one has the right to overrule what I have commanded. This is the first commandment. Yahweh is the mighty one that stands above all others. He is the mighty one that is to be first place in our lives, in our decisions, and in everything that we say and everything that we do. Now, it is okay to have other authorities existing in your life. Other mighty ones play a part in how we live. We have governments. We have parents. We have bosses or lords. And we're called throughout Scripture to submit to authority structures. All through Scripture this is taught. Here is the key. The key is that we understand, because we read the Scriptures, that no authority structure would exist 
unless Yahweh granted them their authority. A parent has authority over a child, but the parent was given such authority by the supreme authority, the supreme being. So in a sense, a parent is a mighty one over their child, but they're not the supreme authority. Yahweh gave them that authority. Almighty Yahweh gave them that authority. So this means that when the parent or government or boss or Lord commands something contrary to what Yahweh has commanded, Yahweh comes first. Yahweh always rules. There is no authority before Him, meaning in front of Him. There is no authority beside Him, meaning equivalent with Him. Every authority in heaven and in earth is behind Him and subservient to Almighty Yahweh. It is okay for you to be devoted to other people or other authorities. I should be devoted to my wife and to my children. I should be devoted to my family and to my friends. But there are levels of devotion that we have. For example, I am devoted more to my wife than anyone else sitting in here today. And that should be. And she's devoted to me more than she's devoted to you all. My wife is my best friend. I'm more worried about what she thinks of me than anybody else. (laughs) But as much as I love my wife, and I do, I love her a lot. As much as I love my wife, she is not the top position in my life. She can't be. She has to be up under my devotion to Yahweh. And you know what? The same goes for her towards me. She has to be devoted to Yahweh in a stronger way than she devotes herself to Matthew. Whereas if Matthew tells her to do something contrary to what Yahweh has said, she has to put Yahweh first and Matthew second. doesn't mean she doesn't love me as her husband. But Yahweh comes first. So in so many discussions, I've heard people say something like this. Well, I believe this, or I believe that, or my thoughts on that is such and such, and I think this is the way that things should go. Then people explain what they think is best or right, and they never look to what Yahweh has said in His law, in His Word. Anytime that you come to a conclusion on what you think to be right or wrong without looking to what Yahweh has commanded, you are having a mighty one before Yahweh. We grow up with ways to live and with things to believe. We all, all of us, inherit something from our parents or our grandparents. Some of it is good, but none of it is infallible. Anything that a human being tells you is not infallible. It always bows to Yahweh's law. What a parent or a grandparent says is always secondary to what Yahweh commands. We read some things in the Bible and we think, okay, I can go along with that. That's the wrong mentality to have. That is reading the Bible to see what we agree with and trashing what we don't agree with. I see it all the time. Reading Yahweh's law is supposed to transform us. We are to read it. And the many times it goes against what we think or want, we are to humbly submit to what Yahweh says. That's when you know that somebody loves Yahweh is when they read the law of Yahweh and they see that Yahweh's authority states this, it goes against the grain of what they think or been taught or want to believe, and they say, 
It's difficult right now, but I can learn to love this because I want to submit to you and not have other gods before you. That's the first commandment. Far too often, though, people begin with their conclusion. I'm talking about Christians. People who profess to believe in the Holy Scripture. We decide what we think is best. We decide what we want to believe because of a variety of different reasons. Parents, grandparents, denomination, life experience, what makes us feel good, some kind of dream that we had. And then after those things, we go to the Bible and try to find something to back up what we think. There's this cute little cartoon that I shared on social media one time where the husband is laying in the floor and the wife is asking him, what are you doing? And he says, I'm looking up a Bible verse to go along with my preconceived idea. And it's funny because it's true. People decide or begin with their conclusion. You're not to read the Bible to try to scramble for a verse that goes along with what you think. Or I've gotten into a discussion with people about Bible doctrine or things in the Bible and they'll quickly Google something and find an article to go along with what they think. And if you're doing that, you're always going to find an article to go along with what you think. But that's not how we're supposed to study the Bible. That's not putting Yahweh first. We're to read the Bible. We should be reading the Bible every day and praying every day. Martin Luther said, I've got so much to do today, so much to do, that I'm going to spend the first three hours praying. That's the right mentality to have. Yahweh comes first. You give Yahweh your prime time, He'll make all your time prime. Believe me. But you've got to make Him first. You've got to put Him first. No other mighty ones. No other authorities before Him. Don't begin with your conclusion. That's a violation of the first commandment. Read the Bible. Let it transform the way that you think. If you're reading the Bible and nothing is ever going against your grain and you're not making any changes in your thinking and the development of your person and how you live and how you act, you're not reading it properly. I don't believe somebody can really study the Bible and stay in the same place. It transforms the way you think. You find things in there maybe that people used to know and believe but have been lost. And we come back to the knowledge of the truth. Obedience means reading the Bible in order to come to a conclusion of what to believe. In order to come to a conclusion of what is right and wrong. You study and you don't care what anyone else thinks over and above Yahweh. It is not that you don't care about people. You do. I've never liked it when preachers say, I don't care what anybody thinks. No, you don't care what anyone thinks over and above Yahweh. But I do care about people. I love people. It pains me to see people go in the wrong direction. It pains me to see people make bad life decisions or bad life choices. And I love people, but I love Yahweh more. No other mighty ones before Yahweh. No other authorities. No other people. No other gods before Yahweh. That's right. It is in the times when you're reading and studying Holy Scripture and you come across something that goes against what an authority structure taught you or something that's not popular in mainstream culture or something that is looked down upon by society and you decide to submit to the will of Yahweh in spite of what anybody else may think or say about you. Trust me, they're going to think things about you that are rude and they're going to say things about you that are, that are rude, that are unkind. But you don't worry about that. It's not that it doesn't hurt. It hurts. It hurts. If you've ever had any rumor get back around to you, and most of them that get back around to me about me are not true. 
But somebody ran with it and believed it because they didn't come and knock on my door or call me or text me and say, Brother Matthew, I want to talk to you about this particular thing that I heard that you believed. Those things hurt. But you know what? We cannot allow those things that hurt us or upset us to knock us off of the narrow road to turn from the to, from the narrow road to the right or to the left, as Joshua 1 says. Don't turn from the right or to the right or to the left. Follow the law of Yahweh. So you decide that. That you're going to submit to Yahweh. These are the times when you love Yahweh the most. These are the times when you say, Yahweh, you told me not to have other authorities before you, so I'm going to stand on what you said. I'm going to believe what you said, and I'm going to follow what you said. So you see how, you should see how this commandment is the pinnacle or the summary of all the commandments. The whole law is summarized in the first commandment of the ten. Do not have other Elohim before Yahweh. This one comes first because it is first. It is a call of ultimate allegiance to Yahweh above anything or anyone else. Now, I coupled in our reading, I coupled this commandment with Deuteronomy 6, 4-9 through 9 to begin the sermon. That passage which begins with the English word hero Israel or listen Israel. The Hebrew word is Shema. Shema. We'll learn a little Hebrew in this sermon today. Everybody say Shema. Shema. That's the Hebrew word, listen or hear, but not just physical, audible hearing. But it means to listen with the intention to be obedient. It's like when you told your child when they were little something and they weren't really listening. They heard your vocal cords forming a sentence, but you had to say, listen for a second, child. You're not listening to me. But they could hear you, but they weren't listening with the intent to obey. That's what Shema means. The word Shema is telling us to be obedient to Yahweh. Sometimes in your English Bible, Shema is translated with the word obey. Deuteronomy, a few times it's translated to obey because that's what it means. In Deuteronomy 13.4, the Bible says to keep Yahweh's commands and listen, Shema, to His voice. It's not just saying listen to Him talk. So you say, well, I heard you, Yahweh. No, it's saying listen intently. Listen so you can know how to live. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear, Yeshua said. Not hear physically, hear spiritually so that you obey. So what are we to obey in the Shema? Deuteronomy 6.4, listen. With the intent to obey this, Israel, what are we to obey? So many people, including myself in the past, have read Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 and used it in debates on how many persons God is. Now, I've been guilty of this myself in talking with Trinitarian believers. The Shema says that the Lord is one, not three, I've said, but that's not the original meaning of the Shema. Now, I don't hold to the Trinitarian idea of Yahweh. I believe that Yahweh is one single person. But that's not the point of the Shema. Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 is not a theological statement of belief. It is rather an oath of loyalty. The Shema is a commandment to Israel to have Yahweh as the supreme mighty one in their life. Yeah. Listen, Israel, with the intent to obey this. Yahweh is your mighty one. Yahweh alone. Echad can be translated alone. Some Bibles translate it as alone. And I believe that's the better sense of the passage in context. It's a command to obey, not a theological statement 
of whether Yahweh is Unitarian, Binitarian, or Trinitarian, but it's a commandment to obey. Yahweh is your mighty one all by Himself, all alone. So the Shema, although the Bible teaches monotheism, absolute monotheism of Yahweh, that He's the Creator all by Himself, the Shema is not about monotheism. It's a commandment to be loyal to Yahweh alone. When Moses pinned down the Shema, he was not debating with Trinitarians. Yahweh was giving a command that the Israelites were to have Yahweh as their sole authority. They were to have no other mighty ones before Him. And that command back then is the same for us today. We are to have Yahweh as our mighty one. Listen, Israel. Yahweh is your mighty one. Yahweh alone. All by Himself. One. One authority. Sole authority. We are to love Yahweh with everything. His law is to be our guide. His law is to be in our heart. His law is to be in our conversation when we lay down, when we rise up, when we walk by the way. We're supposed to meditate, as the blessed man has said in Psalm 1, on Yahweh's law, day and night. Yes. David said, I wake up in the middle of the night to study your law and to praise your name. Yes. That's how the, the righteous are supposed to live. Writing His law on the doorpost of our houses and on our gates. One brother and sister one time came to my house instead of the church house, thinking that we had church at my house. And they said we knew we were somewhere that was good because when we pulled up, the gate said, Listen, Israel, <laughs> Yahweh our mighty one, Yahweh is one. Oh. <laughs> and we laughed and I told him, I said, Yeah, because Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and it's on the doorpost of my house as well. Wow. Both of those two commandments. But writing his law on your doorpost and gates goes beyond just writing them. You could write them and put them on your doorpost and not follow them. That's right. Writing them on your doorpost and gates means this. Yahweh is the center of your home. He's the ruler of your property. His law governs where you live. What goes on on your property is governed by His law word. Listen, Israel. Yahweh is your mighty one. Yahweh alone. Serve no other. Pledge your allegiance to no other. So anytime that we say that something is a sin that's not condemned by Yahweh's law, we break the first commandment. Anytime we say something is not a sin when it is condemned by Yahweh's law, we break the first commandment. Anytime we read our own bias or personal prejudice into the law, we break the first commandment. We're putting another authority above Yahweh. Now we all come to Yahweh with baggage. One brother told me that when he came to Yahweh, that he dropped the suitcases of traditions that he was holding on to. But years later, he found out that he forgot to check his pockets because there were still some traditions left in his pockets. And I like that, and I've never forgotten that. Yeah. We need to check our pockets, not just drop our baggages of tradition. Yeah. We all come to Yahweh with baggage, and we fight hard because we want to keep in our flesh, we want to keep some of that baggage. We want to hold on to it. Listen, brothers and sisters, if there is anything unrighteous and unholy that you're holding on to and not letting go of, you're in violation of the first commandment. We fight because we are prideful people that do not want to submit to His authority. It ruffles our feathers so much when we see something that Yahweh teaches that doesn't go along with what we think and we start proof texting and we start sweating. I've got to find a verse to fit what I want to believe. I've seen it done so much. People scramble to justify what they think. Look for something in the Bible to fit their own thinking. You don't believe the Bible if you do that. You know who your God is? 
yourself when you do that. And if that's who you want to be your God, that's who you're going to get to be your God. Is self. If you want to serve yourself or you want to serve someone else, Yahweh will give you the desire of your heart. He'll answer you according to your, your deity. If you want to have a mighty one before Yahweh, then that's what you'll get. Yahweh knows how much effort and study you put into His service. He sees whether or not you are diligently seeking His will. He knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Somebody just this last week said, well, Brother Matthew, I think that God knows my heart and I had to grab Him, not physically, but spiritually, and say that's the problem. The problem is that He knows your heart. That's not a good thing. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? He knows when you have another Elohim before Him. He knows if you are submitting to Him or you are resisting yeah. Him. That's good. Now, that's the law of Yahweh. Yes. That's good. Unalterable commandment. Not a suggestion. A commandment and a responsibility for you to be obedient to. As a pastor, let me say this. I believe we've all broken the first commandment. And since we've had, we've broken the first commandment, we've broken the most important commandment in the law. Every other commandment that we're going to cover in this series falls under this one, and we're all guilty of disobeying this first commandment. So here's, here's the thing. When you read the law, the first use of the law is always as a mirror to show you your sin. You don't need to be like the man that's worked all day out in the field and he comes into the bathroom and he looks at himself in the mirror and he sees all the dirt and the grime on his face and his hair is not fixed and his teeth is not brushed. And then he walks away and he forgets what manner of man he was when he looked in the mirror. The law is a mirror to show you your sin and the key is, is that you recognize your sin. That's right. You recognize your sin. You ask Yahweh to forgive you for your sin. You repent of your sin. Which means, go in the opposite direction. Repentance means to change one's mind, alter one's course. You're going in the wrong direction, you turn around and you go in the right direction. Place your faith in His Messiah who did not sin. And then ask Yahweh to help you put Him first. And pray every day and ask Yahweh, help me not to violate the first commandment. When you pray, ask Yahweh to help you read His Word with a willing heart. Ask Him. Ask Him. I don't know that there could be anything better that you could ask. Then Yahweh, help me read this Word I'm about to read with a willing heart. Let me submit to your authority. Ask Him to help you not fight what He has said. Ask Yahweh to help you let go of traditions, ideologies, ways of thinking, ways of living that do not align with His instructions. Praise Yahweh, there is forgiveness when we ask. Because if there wasn't, then Brother Matthew would be lost. We'd all be gone. That's right, Sister Dorothy. But praise Yahweh, He's not dealt with us as our sins deserve. Thought about it today. And it blows me away. I get overwhelmed by the love of Yahweh that He has for me. 
I failed him many times, but let me tell you, he has never failed me not one time. I wished I could say that I never failed him, but I can't. I'd be a liar if I tried to tell you that. I can say that Yahweh's never failed me. Yahweh must be number one all by Himself. No one else gets that spot. Oh, how Brother Matthew has fallen so short of that in his own life. I'm thankful he forgives when we repent. I'm thankful he gave his son as a substitute sacrifice for my breaking of the first commandment. And now, in acknowledging that and repenting of my sin daily, I want to strive to obey Yahweh fully. I want to keep this commandment. I do not want to have any authority before Yahweh. Next week we'll talk about the second commandment in Exodus chapter 20, verses 4 through 6. Let's stand and close in the word, please. As we are about to pray, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May Yahweh lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Almighty Yahweh, I love you, I thank you, and I praise you. Help us to realize, help me, Yahweh, to realize the importance and the potency of your commandments. Help me, Yahweh, not to relax any of them, but to hold up the high standard of your law and in doing so, make the gospel even more sweeter than we could ever imagine. I love you, Yahweh. I want to be obedient to you. Forgive me for the times that I fail. Pick me up, Yahweh, every day. I do not want to practice sin. I want to practice righteousness. Stir up the hearts of the people here today for your commandments like never before. Rebuke any voice that tries to come into our mind, heart, or life and say that the commandments don't really matter and they're not that important. We rebuke that in the name of Yahweh. We rebuke that satanic thought. Help us to submit to Your Word. I pray these things through Your Son, Yeshua. Amen. Amen.